Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. You know, this is my 10th year doing the show, Matt. That's right. I think this is the first time Southern Columbia has lost. All right, so. Um... <laughs> well, it's been about half that time, so yeah, I can see that. But why am missing beat him? Yes. I think Wyoming area came actually probably should have won the, when they beat it. When Correct. they played earlier. Yeah, they blew a 17 yeah. point lead in the second half. Yes. Yeah. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, suit. Oh, there's no suit insurance. There should be. It's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. I firmly believe there should be suit insurance. You've been around them enough. Don't you feel like you need insurance just by being near them? Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Thought I'd mention that. And we're at the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Play-by-play call of the day. Jahan Dotson back of the end zone. Up higher than Shaquille O'Neal. Get a goal. Just outside the Great throw, great catch, and that's uh, Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge on ABC Saturday night. And a long talk with Sean at, at one point. So, Whew, boy, why is it every time I talk to somebody, the first thing they ask me is, you know, this is one of makes the suits not here tonight, right? right? Then all of a sudden they feel free to talk. I, I, do you run into that, Matt? S U I T. That spells suit. D-A-V-E spells Dave. Dave Cicchini joins us. Congratulations on a great win on uh, Saturday and homecoming. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Oh. So let's start with Jonathan. Seriously, you'd have to have players make big plays at big moments. He's recognized by the Patriot League. Those those plays that he made, the two big ones, take us through that and then what it does to a sideline when he does do that. Yeah, uh, I mean, taking points off the board, well, you know, is the bottom line. What he did, you start with his uh, interception at the end of the the first half. Uh, Cornell on a two minute drive, moving the ball out of timeouts. Uh, just a smart, headsy play by him, reading the eyes of the quarterback, knowing that hey, they've got to put the ball in the end zone. There's ten seconds to go, uh, and stepping in front of a, a post throw and and uh, taking, you know. At least a field goal off off of the uh, the scoreboard uh, there with the final possession uh, in the first half, and then late in the fourth quarter, yeah. Cornell trying to get back in the game, uh, down two scores, uh, about to to make it down one score. Um, you know, great goal line stand. They had first and goal on the two yard line, and 
and uh, John was able to hit the quarterback as he was pulling the ball and trying to run around the end and uh, knock the ball loose. It went into the end zone, and uh, Ben Allen was able to fall on it. And, and uh, another seven points uh, that, that should have been on the, the scoreboard for Cornell, and instead uh, it basically wrapped the game up for us. You're down 10-7 going to the fourth. Success, of course, can breed success. A lack of it can maybe breed a lack of confidence. Yet your team didn't do that, Dave. What was that sideline like, down 10-7? What were the signs that you knew you had something that was a little bit different Saturday? Yeah, well, just the consistency of the game was different, both sides of the ball. You know, we, you know, for weeks have been talking about, hey, having a young football team leads to inconsistent play. Uh, yeah. But it, this was as consistent of a game that we had played up until this point and had gotten better and better, and the confidence was there. So, you know, for us, it really, uh, the, the first big play on offense that tested that. Uh, was the end of the third quarter. We were sitting with a fourth and, and about a half yard, and and uh, we could have easily sent the field goal team out there to try to tie the game, but the mood on the sideline was the guys wanted it. We knew we could get that yard. We were having success controlling uh, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball better than any other game that we'd had. Uh, so we decided to go for it and uh, give it a shot, and it was fourth and a half yard, and, and we got two yards on the play, and a couple plays later we get into the end zone and uh, and take the lead for good. All right, so let's get to Nick Sentefelter for a moment, playing a quarterback for you. What did you see in him in demeanor, poise, and then execution? I think he was um, – not a leapfrogging type of a game in, in terms of his development, but certainly a noticeable improvement from prior games up until this point. You know, they've been splitting time. Uh, Nick and Tyler Beveridge. Uh, Tyler started this game. Uh, Tyler led us on our our first scoring drive of of the game, which was a pretty impressive. I think it was an eleven play. You know, 75-yard drive or so, uh, and Nick uh, didn't have as many moments in the first half as he normally uh, had gotten in the prior two games. And and uh, but when it was his turn, and and uh, he was able to to be the catalyst that after Cornell took that 10 to 7 lead uh, towards the end of the third quarter, you know, he was the architect uh, behind that uh, drive, which was a 78-yard drive. You know, that uh, that we took the lead, and then of course we got another interception reception on the ensuing drive and, and he took the field and took us on a short our first short field of the season believe it or not uh, yeah. to, on a 28 yard drive to, to, to put us up 21 to 10 so he really did a great job yeah no question and now let's get to the crowd part of it it was homecoming crowds there what do they mean what did they mean to your kids oh I, th- I think it was huge just just getting a victory at home. Uh, was something you know you're you're an zero and three football team showing signs of life making progress getting better you know you know as a coaching staff hey we're just young and we just got to gel and we got to get that experience but you know you you will keep worrying about your players because they need that validation right you can see it as a coach that our, our team is starting to come together we're taking steps in the right direction we're getting better uh, with each passing practice each passing week uh, every single game uh, but to kind of get over that hump 
work to get to that moment when your players step up really in all three phases of the game and make those plays at a critical juncture in the football game to fight back uh, you know down twice during the game and then to be able to, to fight back and get into the game and, and and take the lead and hold the lead for good uh, you know there was just so many positive things that it, it ultimately it was just great for the team that to, to have that joy share that victory uh, but but also validate just hey all of that hard work everything that they've been doing they've been seeing it in practice they're playing with a little bit more confidence uh, but that payoff that they get after getting the big W um, you know that's that's immeasurable it's it's a, a huge step for us and, and it came at the right time because we're entering league play here this coming week yeah no question uh, now look you'd be the first to say hey okay that's it we have you know we we've arrived. Obviously, you haven't arrived yet, but what kind of first step was that for you? And then what's it going to be like for you this week to teach from a position of victory instead of teaching it from a position of defeat? Yeah, well, it starts off, you know, it kind of sounds funny, but you can be harder on your players. You can get after them a little bit more in practice because you have that proof. They have that proof. You as a coach can say, hey, you did, we, we, were, we worked really hard, and here was the results. We're going to push you even harder this week, and we're going to get even a, a better uh, result. So, uh, you know, the players can watch themselves, see themselves have that success. Uh, and and uh, like I said, the stakes just get higher from this point on out. Now that uh, uh, the majority of our non-conference season is over here, and when we turn to to Patriot League play, um, you know, and, and uh, playing a, a, a fairly good and improving Lafayette team as well. Well, I mean, see, it's interesting you say that because I've talked about this with people before. You can be tougher with them when you've won. And really good players, you know, because obviously I've, I've been fortunate in my career, let's face it. You know, I can talk to Bill O'Brien, what was it like coaching Tom Brady? I know Jim Caldwell, I've known Jim for 35 years. What was it like coaching Peyton Manning? And each one of them tells you they wanted to be coached hard, but you could do that because each one was, they were winning. So you can coach harder when they have success because now they're hungry for more success. Is that fair? That that is very fair. I mean, it's a very accurate statement. It's just it's it's part of the human psychology. You just you have that, you know, um, that that sense of validation that um, you know what you're doing is right, and you've made those plays. And it's one thing just believing it, but it's another thing when you go out and see the results of all your hard work and your effort, uh, and the proof is in the pudding. And and uh, so the next week when you go out there, you can continue to coach guys, and and uh, you know we use we use the 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 phrase challenge and praise you're challenging your players and then you're praising the things that they do well so it's not like you're just ripping them without any type of positive reinforcement but you're coaching them hard and and you're getting them to understand you know hey here's here's the 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 bar that's been set for excellence and we got to meet that bar each and every week so now you hit the road and you got to play lafayette at 12 30 uh coming up uh on Saturday, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, so give us an idea, you know, a, you know, just a quick thumbnail on them because they're coming off a wild one where they lost to Fordham forty-two forty-one. Yeah, absolutely. Just a, a crazy game, a shootout. Uh, went down to the final seconds, and and uh, uh, Fordham scored. Uh, 
I believe, with like 20 seconds to go uh, to to win the game, and and uh, that was the Patriot League opener for both of those teams. So you know, Lafayette's one and four. They like us. They played a tough non-conference uh, schedule as well. Like us, they're a little bit on the younger side. They've got a freshman quarterback who played very well in the Fordham game, threw for 350 yards, just did a phenomenal job. So it was really a, a little bit of a coming out party uh, for him. So they are a dangerous team. Uh, you know, the record may not show it, but they've played some pretty good football against some good opponents. And uh, Fordham uh, is another example of a team that has uh, you know, the most explosive offense in, in the Patriot League. And and uh, they went toe-to-toe with them for, for 60 minutes. So, you know, even though this is a one-and-four football team, this is going to be a, a, a big, big first league game and, and a challenge for us uh, here as we go into league play. Congratulations on a great win and to your team, obviously, and to your coaching staff. That was fabulous to win that game, and best of luck this week. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. Dave Giacchini, the football coach, Bucknell. Great win on Saturday. I mean, Matt, that would be fun for you. It was, especially the second half. I mean, to see the defense pull off those four turnovers, two of them in the red zone, I mean, yeah. it, that's what wins your ball games. And this team has finally finally found a way and learned in-game how to win. They were down 10-7 at the half. And they were, they were, fell, they were riding this thing, but they needed to make some plays. Somebody had to step up, and Sterling Deary did that, of course, and many others. So, yeah, hats off to the to the Bucknell. That was a, a good good win, and we'll see what they're made of this week as they begin league play. Damn, league play time, as a matter of fact. Um, Doug warned Dave about the suit, right? I've been told. Because, I mean, Doug's normally very protective of the coaches. Yes. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! I'm sorry, but playoffs start tomorrow. Ricky's not available. So you're going to have to continue on with the suit. <laughs> Imagine Doug doing the play-by-play in English and Ricky does the analysis in Spanish. And essentially, what's the difference between that and now? We'll come back with more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are the jokes that easy? We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells falda. The weather is getting cooler and the leaves are changing in central PA. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. If your current agent is falling short, it's time to give Purdy Insurance a call. We're a local, family-owned, independent agency ready to find the right insurance to fit your needs. You can call us at 570-286-5855. Stop in our office on Market Street in Sunbury or head to our website at purdyinsurance.com to find out what we can do for you. Jones out of the gun. Hand off Saquon. Slices right to the end zone and in for the touchdown of the Giants. Winning overtime. Saquon Barkley on a six-yard run. Here's your alpha dog. That would be Bob Papa and Howard Cross, I believe. On the Giants Network, Saquon caught a 54-yard touchdown pass. Then in overtime, what was really a fabulous six-yard run to get in the end zone. And Howard Cross is right. That is your alpha dog right there. 
and the Giants won over New Orleans. Uh, 27-21 in overtime. So they're on the board. Uh, Facebook, I'm going to assume our Facebook account's out. Yeah, it's still down. Everybody's is. Yep. Now, for some of you, <laughs> like me, really? <laughs> Let's see. How often do I use Facebook? I have an account. Nope, we're good. <laughs> I'm okay with it, too. Well, no, I'm saying I don't use it. I have an account because I took the domain. I mean, I mean, imagine you're sitting in my spot. People could be posting, you know, a Twitter account, Facebook, using my name, and people think it's me. Right? So that's why I that's why I set up a Facebook account. We got the Twitter account, things like because that way I've got the domain. You think I'm a dope. <laughs> Which is why I'm okay with it because now everything's less work for me. <laughs> I mean, right, I mean, I mean that's the only reason why I have a, have the accounts. I have the accounts only because of the domain part. Because somebody could set up an account using my name, and you're like, uh, and I'll be answering questions that were like wasting a lot of time going. I didn't write that. I didn't write that. I don't even have the account, so I just set up the domain and got rid of it, and then I get a whole bunch of messages on here from people that want to be friends or something else happening or I don't know but like Instagram's out too well I'll tell you you gotta give Doug credit I mean to be trilingual like that I mean he could you know of course he can work English he can work with Ricky Ricardo in Espanol and he understands the suit slang I mean, to be trilingual. You, sir, are my hero. Facebook's only public comment so far, a tweet in which they acknowledge some people are having trouble accessing the Facebook app. How about, like, everybody? Oh, my almighty! Doug Mallory, director of Internet Analysis. <laughs> Didn't know that position existed said, quote, this is epic. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. They said, who is this person now? They blamed it on a software, but it was triggered by a customer who changed the setting. A customer can change the setting? And the whole thing goes bye-bye? So it's if that's it's, the case, more people who hate Facebook are going to probably try to do that now. <laughs> so Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Correct. Never heard of WhatsApp. WhatsApp is basically it's you. You can use it internationally. It's another way of messenger. Essentially, you can message people. You can send photos. You can video chat. All those sorts of things. Audio call. Really? Yes, I have it, actually. Why? Actually, it's... For, for 
Lisa and I, it's cheaper to use to communicate during the days because my my wife uses the uh, has just buys her minutes, so it's cheaper for her because it's free. Hmm. And also, you can keep in touch with people like internationally. Well, I mean, for the suit, he must be paying nothing. Nobody gets in contact with him. He keeps, no, no, senor! No, senor! He, he keeps trying to contact them and he keeps getting no answer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So Facebook is currently out. All right. I'm going to assume Zoom still works. So I'm doing some TV interview tonight. So I guess it's on Zoom. Okay. I'll have to comb my hair. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! I'll have to comb my hair. There you go. Can't stand outside letting it blow in the wind. I gotta get something to... <laughs> Can't control that sucker. It blows all over the place. Whatever's left of it. Notice what Penn State did with Sean Clifford on Saturday. Ran him a little bit more. Penn State showed a couple of things Saturday, which I think gave at least some people to think about. Sometimes you put something in to let somebody know you have it. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, the best in the business. Auto, home, life, business, motorcycle, boat, whatever it may be. Season does a great job at telling you about everything that they have at Purdy. And it's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. The uh, American League wildcard game tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. It'll be the Yankees and the Red Sox at Fenway. And it'll be Garrett Cole against Nathan Avaldi. Wednesday, it's the Dodgers hosting St. Louis at Dodger Stadium. It'll be Max Scherzer against Adam Wainwright. So in each case, I mean, you can debate with Boston whether it's Evaldi or or Sale. Now, Sale pitched yesterday as to who your, quote, ace is. I would say it's Evaldi only because he pitched all season, okay? And Sale is still in that six-inning mode. Each team is pitching probably at this hour their ace. And you need to. You need to get out of this round. Just like San, just like San Francisco and Kansas City did in 2015 when they both won this round 
and they both ended up in the World Series with the Giants winning in seven. You don't have a shot unless you win this round. So you have to pitch your ace. And that's what each is doing. In the process of pitching their aces, that also means that in a best-of-five division series, you are probably only going to be able to pitch your ace once instead of twice. Instead of maybe pitching games one and five, it's probably going to be game three, and that's it. That is part of the penalty for being the wild card team and not the division champion. And that's tomorrow. And then Wednesday. Matt will be glued in. Oh, yeah. I'll be at practice. All right, so... Um, <laughs> oh, I'll you'll, they'll, you'll miss the beginning part of it then. I'll be home in time. It's not a Doesn't run that late. <laughs> they think they practice in the wee hours of the morning? <laughs> no. No. But they do have different timetables for, you know, different days because of um, classes, class schedules. But Tuesday, Thursday is a different class schedule than Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They don't practice Monday, obviously. So... That's why one will start, like, Tuesday starts later because of classes. Wednesday starts earlier because that's the way the class schedule works out. <clears throat> there you learn something. No, that I knew. So, yeah. So that's what they that's what they have to this point. And then they'll play Iowa. I mean, look, let's give I mean. Iowa went through, and I think they're still going through it because I don't think the lawsuit's been dropped. But we've documented on the air some of the lawsuit issues that Iowa has had to deal with. And despite that, now their strength and conditioning coach was let go. Then Urban Meyer hired him, and then he had to let him go part of that fiasco down there. Urban, I think I'll go to Columbus this weekend. Oh, no, don't go to Columbus. <laughs> don't go without Shelley, okay? But he did, and he had to apologize on Instagram because somebody was dancing all around him. Yeah. It just never ends with him. It really doesn't. But part of the issue is with somebody like him is that he is somebody that, okay, is going to draw instant attention and people are going to turn their cell phones on, right? Yeah, but he should know better. Yes, he should. Now, you're in the same situation. Nobody has their cell phone on, right? But he has to be aware that that's the way it is. I believe it's his restaurant, right? At least it was, yes. It. Yeah. Um, but even there, you can't feel like you're in great shape. I mean, you got to like be on guard the entire time. Not a fun way to live, but you got to be on guard the entire time. 
So now back to Iowa, because the detour over to Urban Meyer dealt with him hiring Iowa's former strength and conditioning coach, who was let go. Despite everything, they maintain a level of consistency that is just outstanding. They usually make very few changes on the coaching staff. The legendary defensive coordinator, Norm Parker, finally retired. When they did, they then turned the reins over to Phil Parker, no relation to Norm. But they turned over Phil Parker, and Phil Parker has continued to do a great job. Their offense, oh, you know, it's like they have a fullback, they use him. They always use their tight ends. All the time, every time you turn around, their tight ends seem to be involved. And Sam Laporta is really good. He is the leading receiver, and they use him. They always have good, solid wideouts. Tyrone Tracy, Arlen Bruce, Kelly Johnson, Nico Regani. Nico Regani is so dependable. He just seems to make plays over and over again. And Tyler Goodson is a really good running back. Do not for a second think that that guy is not. He is really good. Not only that, he's a good receiver for them. It's not the 67-yard play he made. That was a great play. It was a play in the first quarter he made against Maryland when he went out, boom, jab step to the right, then cut it over the middle. Like I said to Jack, I said, a running back that runs legitimate routes. That is impressive. It's hard to cover. Very impressive. And then Tyler Lindemann. On the first day of the NFL draft, his name will be called. There are very few centers in the country that are better than Lindemann. Lindemann is really good. And that matchup with P.J. Mustafer on Saturday is going to be really, really good because Mustafer is playing at a high level and Lindemann is playing at a high level. Their linebackers, Jack Campbell's their leading tackler. Seth Benson, very good. Dane Belton had, has had two picks already this season, including one Friday night. Riley Moss has three picks, two against Indiana he took back for touchdowns, and then the one he had on Friday night, which was just a terrible throw by Tunga Viola. I mean, I don't even know where he's throwing it. I mean, Moss is not covering anybody, and he picked it off. He's not covering anybody. He just like pulled up in a short zone. He threw it to him. Like, okay, all right. Kerner, the safety, really good. Matt Hankins, the other corner, very, very good. No, they play, they keep the ball in front of them. They rally to the ball. The pursuit is excellent. They're really good. Shudak's a good place kicker. Hunter Taylor's really good. I mean, look. You know, they play a certain way. In an era where you're seeing a lot of people play 3-2-6 defense because of the spread, so they want to get six DBs on the field. So they play three down linemen, two linebackers, which obviously they can play around with if they want to get five in the line of scrimmage or four or whatever they can, and then six DBs. Iowa plays 4-3. So I watched the first 26 plays 
of Iowa's game at Maryland on Friday night defensively. What didn't Iowa do in the first 26 plays defensively? Matt's thinking. He's almost there. I can see the steam coming right through the <laughs> right coming right through the screen here. They didn't blitz. They ah. only rush they only rush four in every play. How about that? Like they rushed four that's all he did was rush four. They got some pressure with four, but they only rush four. Now that doesn't mean they don't blitz. They do. But in that game, first 26 plays defensively, didn't blitz one time. They rushed four every time. Wow. And now that you brought that up, that's going to be a really, and I thought Frank made some really excellent points just to see how the chess match is going to be with that. Mm -hmm. And I think this was really key that Penn State, you mentioned about Sean Clifford running, but I just think in general to be able to put up, to have that 200-yard game not come against Villanova, but come against a Big Ten opponent against a fairly good defense. I think that was huge for Penn State to have that confidence and be able to carry that and put that on film now for this week. Again, Lee, uh, Sean Lee, uh, uh, Kevon Lee had a really good game. Kevon Lee, you know, he had that 44-yard run. He ended up, I think, with 74 yards in the game. He actually played really well. Okay. Let's see, some headlines for you. Urban Meyer, by the way, did apologize to the Jags and family after viral video. Mentions the suit's name. Uh, the Mets are changing managers. Luis Rojas, out. 77-85. And they finished in third place. So Luis Rojas, out. Joe West, 68 years of age, 5,376 games in his career, which is a record, is going to retire when the playoffs are over. So he'll be done. West said that one of his early lessons was understanding that despite the many rules in baseball, there's plenty to learn between the lines. It took me a long time to figure out that there are some gray areas you have to navigate, West explained. One day, Dave Kingman, the Joey Gallo of his day, walked and said something smart going to first base, and I blew a gasket and chased him all the way to first. Between innings, Doug Harvey, another umpire, and a legend in umpire, walked down to me and said, Joe, don't let them ruin your day. It was like a light came on that I need to have better temperament. Wes estimates he's thrown out about 190 players, managers, and coaches in his career. He says, but you think about it, it's 44 years. It really isn't that much. <laughs> it's a pretty good joke. Your first responsibility is the game of baseball. That 
might not mean the commissioner's office. It's the game itself. Your second responsibility is your, to your profession. That may not, that might not mean the umpire's union. The third responsibility is to do in your heart what is morally honest and correct. If you do that, you won't be wrong. Over the years, I've modified that to say you'll never be wrong, but you might get killed. <laughs> Uh, West credited some of the older umpires like Doug Harvey, Tom Gorman, John McSherry for paving the way for him. In fact, he said the entire list was too long to mention. After breaking the record, the league presented him with a plaque where he appreciated the skill and dedication and passion that Joe has brought to the umpiring profession, said Rob Manfred, who had to be pointed out to Manfred who he was. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It's a joke. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. He's a big country music fan. That's why they call him Cowboy Joe. Baseball is typically American. There are a lot more failures in it than successes. That's part of life and everything we do. He has at least one more contest to oversee in his profession. Uh, those, those one games to determine who moves on are going to be the toughest games you'll ever have. So it sounds like he's doing one of the two games the next two days. Let's tell you, I mean, look, officiating, I can't officiate. You know, every once in a while I'll say something about a call in the air, but um, that doesn't mean, I mean, I, I can't officiate. I could do a couple basics here and there, but I can't do what these guys do. And women. A lot of women are getting into it now. They're doing great jobs. Look, officiating's hard. And I think for the most part, they do a fabulous job. And I do not want machines taking over. I don't mind if replay is used. Even that gets botched up sometimes. But I, my respect for people who officiate games is off the charts. It really is. Because it's, I know it's something that I would struggle at. The speed of it, trying to be decisive on a call, knowing the intricacies of the rules, things like that. The women and men that do this really do great work. I don't want machines taking over. I'll always take a human being. If, if all of us are allowed in the course of the game to make a mistake, a player, a coach, an announcer... You know, as much as we want them to be perfect, believe me, I having them as opposed to machines, I'll take people every single time. Every time. And I think we need to keep that in mind. I think, you know, I know AI is um, can help in certain areas, but uh I want people managing it, I want people playing it, I want people announcing it, and I want people officiating it. With a lot of people in the stands. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. We'll let you listen and watch as Tom Brady returns as a visitor for the first time. here doesn't all right um as he did so often when taking the field that run down pump of the arm look i'm glad this stupid thing's over all right last night mac jones let's start with him rookie quarterback took a couple of big steps forward imagine the pressure on him last night he completed 19 straight passes at one point. He played very well through two touchdowns. In fact, New England scored two touchdowns in the game. Tampa Bay only scored one. I'd argue that he was better than Brady. I thought Brady wasn't that yeah. great last night. Brady was good last night, not great. It was a game that featured nine field goal attempts. Seven were made. I mean, you know, if the game was in the rain, which makes it more difficult. I think you could see a couple times the ball from Brady was a bit high. That's part rain, grip on the ball, and also part nerves. You throw the ball high when you get nerves. Um, Mac Jones played very well last night. At the, In the end, you, know, you saw Belichick go over, embrace Brady quickly, and then leave. But when everybody was leaving, Belichick did go to the Tampa Bay locker room to the point where Blaine Gabbert was in there and I, I'm not sure who Gabbert was sitting with uh, not sure and Gabbert goes I don't believe what I'm seeing because Belichick came in and he and, Brady, he and Brady talked for about 20 minutes you know it's it's interesting I'll tell you a quick story okay this is back in the late 80s John Sanders was the play-by-play announcer and I was the third guy in the network and in the pregame show, we were kidding around about something, you know. And he, he made a he made a little comment, kidding. I made a little comment, kidding. And then we went to a commercial break, and we're laughing about it. Somebody wrote about the snippiness in the Penn State broadcast booth, and the two of us are like, "What?" John Sanders and I have known each other for thirty-three years. 
You want to know how many crosswords we've ever had in 33 years? Zero. I think the world of John, and I think John's told me over the years he's felt the same way.